0: what is going on guys welcome back to the phenomenal fan podcast episode number 11 we've gotten all the way to number 11 we have a lot of stuff to cover today when we recorded this episode we were on the monday evening february 28th flurry of activity that was the major league baseball lockout a lot of action was unfolding that evening we were recording as momentum started to be Gained in the right direction and hopefully we see a deal here pretty soon, but that's a lot of uh, what we covered in the episode talked about what these players and owners were haggling over all the different topics exactly what they wanted to settle on where each side was coming from. We talked American League Central Division gave you our predictions for that division bit of a uh, anticlimactic division because there's pretty much one team at the top that's going to be dominating that division for the entire year. And lastly, we covered some NBA action because the NBA is still in full swing. It's an unpredictable league. We gave our opinions on it, so stick around. Be sure to tune in for the entire episode because we have all kinds of great insight. Thank you guys for listening, and let's just jump into it. All right, we are back. Jared, it's going to be back for episode number 11 of the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Here we are on this beautiful Monday, December—excuse me, February 28th. Not December. Wish it was December, Jared, because that would mean uh, owners and the players were actually making progress and on a reasonable time scale. But no, uh, that's not the case. It's February 28th. It's a Monday, and it's in the evening uh, for us right now. And we—I mean—we are getting live updates as we record this podcast. Uh from all different reporters, guys on the ground in what appears to be, I guess they're meeting in Florida. I I don't know. Uh between the players and the owners. They've been meeting deliberate they've been deliberating on and off today for about 11 hours. And our entire podcast, not an entire podcast, but both of us are huge baseball guys. So we are here to talk, you know, all things baseball. It sounds like we're getting closer to a deal. This is a knock on wood situation, right? Knock on wood. Sounds like we're getting closer to a deal. But we'll get into it in this episode because we wanted to talk about what exactly is going down with this CBA, what these are these issues are that they're haggling over because it is a little bit confusing. Sometimes you don't really understand It's billionaires versus millionaires, right? That's the main thing you hear a lot of these times. The owners have all the the billions, the players getting paid a shit ton of money. But it's a lot more than that, and we'll get straight into that. And we'll also touch on uh, the American League Central, talk about a little NBA, and wrap it up quickly, because hopefully when we record again later this week, we'll be able to talk openly and freely about all the flurry of free agents that signed with all these teams and all these players reporting to all their facilities and we'll be celebrating the return of baseball. But in the meantime, Jared, how uh, how are you feeling personally about all these reports? I'm sure you're seeing it on Twitter as much as everybody else. Is there they've been deliberating for 11 hours today on and off. Seems to be a growing sense of optimism that they plan on meeting throughout the entire night and I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what that means, it's, but
1: it, it's it's obviously tough. Um, I mean, you have you have all these players that are obviously tweeting out their their kind of funny two cents about it, trying to make a light of, light of the situation, but kind of sucks that like it, they've pushed it back this far obviously that we're going to have to if they don't get it done by tonight, we're going to have to delay the season, which is uh just <laughs> very unfortunate for the brand for all for all the fans um it's already looks ugly like nobody knows what's going on and we're already about to go into kind of i mean we still got a little bit of time but we're about to go into the dog days of sports in the next couple months so if baseball is not around it's going to be just like the damn uh 2020 season almost is what it's probably going to feel like this summer and i don't think anybody wants that again so yeah hopefully they can uh they can kind of get past that and and we have uh, something to look forward to, uh, even though, even though the, most people don't love uh, the dog days of summer where it's just baseball on
0: um, it's better than, you know, Yep. better than the alternative. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. There's been, there was reports early on in this day from a couple different reporters that <laughs> the first thing I saw, I think pretty much the first thing I saw, they're like, well, uh, owners and players are going in. They're going to meet. Okay. But the first report I got, I saw after that, i think it was from there's this guy evan dry drylich is that his name evan evan Drelick from the athletic he's a senior writer wrote about the astros but he's been on top of it i mean he has been covering every topic every update he's been all over it and i'm scrolling back here to see if i can yeah i'll find this tweet he's reporting early this morning about the players showing up on quote unquote deadline day. And then he sent this tweet, Jared at 1130 AM mountain time this morning on February 28th. And he said the MLB today indicated a willingness to miss a month of games and took a more threatening tone than yesterday. Sources briefed uh, on the day's first meeting between the players and the MLB full context of that conversation is not known but apparently, dude, that if that's the first update I saw, you know, and p- other people saw this morning, I mean, dude, that tweet floated around, people were going, we're not going to play, we're not going to have opening day until the 4th of July. Like, my God, MLB is just cool with losing a 100 or a month's worth of games. If they lose a month's worth of games, that means they're going to lose more than that. And then you see... then you see bryce harper's instagram story today where he tags the yamori giants in tokyo and photoshops a tokyo yamori giants jersey on his on his on himself and says hey guys like i got some time to kill like dude seeing all those different updates and seeing everything like that unfold joey gallo sends out a tweet saying i'm new here and it's screenshots of his uh, his newly created linkedin page (laughs) dude what is going like I'm seeing all these things unfold. I'm sure Jared, everybody's reaction is similar, but like, what the fuck is going on? Like, that's. I'm like, is the MLB about to like disband altogether? Like, are these players just going to leave the MLB, just go overseas? Am I going to see Fernando Tatis Jr. in Korea next year? Like, what is happening? I mean, it was so scary, I guess, or just like alarming. All this news happens and then all of a sudden the tides have shifted and it seems like it's good. I just don't know what to make of all of it. Basically. It just seems very inconsistent, you know, with what we've been seeing.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's something that's like to be talked about a little bit too, is like uh, Bryce Harper and Joey Gallo. These guys are getting paid so much money, like so
0: much money that they're
1: not every day that passes. They're not getting paid. Correct. So obviously they, they have plenty, but I actually feel bad for the players that are getting like on like league minimum because. I mean, league minimums still a lot of money, right? You're just talking about five hundred thousand dollars a year. But yep. it's like, at the end of the at the end of the day, if that's for like one or two years, and you just spent ten, like you know, six years in the minors making nothing, and like you weren't like a high signing bonus guy, it's not a, it's not that much money. Mm-hmm. You have to really distribute that money out over the fact that you just made,
0: you know,
1: sub fifty thousand dollars a year for your six years out of high school or college or whatever, just to have your chance. And then once you finally have the chance, you're not even going to have a season. So it's like, those guys are like staring the fact that like baseball may not feasibly be a living for them anymore. And then in Joey Gallo and, and obviously Bryce Harper making fun of it, or they're, they have a huge platform. They obviously are kind of advocating for wanting, you know, wanting things to go back to normal and come back. But like I'm reading, I was reading that uh, as a whole, the mlb players are gonna lose about a combined 20.5 million
0: dollars per, per day. day yep per day yeah and, was... you have,
1: and then they, there's max scherzer oh, max scherzer's dude. gonna be losing two hundred two hundred thirty-two thousand 232 thousand dollars a day it's like fuck man I, I mean obviously he's got enough money but like of course he's later in his career he probably wants to capitalize that you know yeah once they get, get take as much of that home as possible of course and they said they're saying that they like even the league minimum guys are losing between like 3500 and like 4100 or something a day Yep. Yeah. so so i don't know it's um it's obviously very problematic for the players as a living it's problematic um just for the brand and uh it's really just an unfortunate thing that's happening and we're just i'm just hoping that they all kind of come to a conclusion this evening and we get some good news first thing yeah. in the morning or a, even a late tweet. So yeah, it's it.
0: It just, I think the thing that's most frustrating about this whole situation is that it's now February 28th. You and I are sitting here recording, right? It's it's in the evening, whatever. And they're seeing, you're seeing tweets coming out from these guys. These reporters are saying they're going back and forth. The Rob Manfred's walking back and forth. The owners and the players are, are dealing offers back and forth with a, with a willingness to work late into the evening. And the same thing, same kind of thoughts come into my head that came into my head earlier, like a week ago today, when the MLB said, we're going to meet every day this week. Here's a fucking idea. A week after the World Series is over or the lockout is is put in, how about you meet every day until midnight? And then this thing would have been handled on November 30 for or whatever like december 5th you know i mean the thing would have been yeah. smush. it would have been we wouldn't even be sweating it we'd be you know guys would be in great shape no one's going to get injured this year now all of a sudden oh there's a deadline to, uh, february 28th at midnight otherwise we're going to cancel games and now today is the day where they're like, well, we'll work late into the evening. I mean, of course, right? We want to play baseball. It's like, that's such bullshit, man. It's all just such a, it's such an optics thing where they want to make it seem like they're like working really hard when they're just not. And they all, they both took two full fucking months off. And yes, that's on the owners, I think more than the players, but it's bullshit. And on the topic of what exactly they're fucking haggling over, right? Because it's hard to believe that these two groups of people are just, supposedly so far apart on these topics when they were just playing baseball and just came to an agreement less than five years ago or whatever it was six years ago and now they're just so far apart on all these different topics it's just hard to believe but there's a few topics that we wanted to cover just to kind of educate our listeners almost more than anything but um one of the topics or one of the big arguing points was revenue sharing. And revenue sharing, basically to describe it as fundamentally as possible, obviously every team generates revenue, and obviously they have to distribute that revenue to pay their employees. And those employees include the players, the minor league guys, obviously team employees and stuff like that. The players at the time, are at for the previous collective bargaining agreement, they were getting i think it was like 25% revenue share and now they want to get 30% revenue share or even a higher number than that and that doesn't seem like that that big of a gap 5% that's not that much expansion in revenue share but 5% for a company that's or an organization that's pulling in billions of dollars if you took 5% of the New York Yankees revenue every year Jared Like you're like, you're an employee and you're like, I'm at 25% and they're going to raise you to 30% of the Yankees annual revenue. I mean, that is, that is a tens of millions of dollars, probably hundreds of millions. I mean, that's, it's crazy. Uh, So the sides were pretty far apart on the revenue sharing and understandably because the owners want to keep the money. The players want to make more money. And a lot of this stuff basically boils down to the players wanting to make more money which is understandable because the owners make so much fucking money and they don't evenly really distribute it to the players. If we're being fair and yes, the players make a shit ton of money also, but not that, not as much as the, I mean, the owners just make so much fucking money off these teams. It's ridiculous how much money they make. Nevertheless, the next topic they continue to haggle over is the competitive balance tax, which is essentially baseball's version of the salary cap it's it's the threshold of money that teams are allowed to spend without getting excessively taxed by major league baseball they can spend over that but i think the collective balance tax is like 214 million right now and if you spend over that then you get taxed by the league really heavily like 60 percent tax rate or something if you spend over it whatever the players want that collective or that competitive balance tax to go higher so that the team basically raises their salary cap and pays the players more money, which is understandable again, because the owners are like $214 million. Not, I can't afford to pay these guys like you're bringing Hal Steinbrenner. You're bringing in $9 billion a year like you can afford the and then the counteroffer, the counteroffers you're seeing from the MLB owners is like, okay you know what, we will raise the competitive balance tax. It's at 214. We can do 220. How about 220 million? It's like, no, like, how about 250 million? So you can can have superstars all on the same team and, you know, have a team that, you know, like the Houston Astros four years ago or five years ago has four or five guys that are going to end up being $300 million guys. And instead of having to choose one, or choose two they can have three or four of them or all five if they want to you know really work out the the numbers properly so again competitive balance tax is raising it so that the players make more money now jared it makes sense to raise that competitive balance tax but on the same token i think the one thing that i would be worried about in that sense is that at least for me i'm seeing that if they raised essentially the salary cap all that would do for me as a padres fan is it looks like they're just allowing the Dodgers to just spend more money and be even better? Because if you raise the if you raise the salary cap, that does nothing for the Kansas City Royals. It does nothing. Yeah, because they're well, not going to just. It does
1: for like the, the ownership choices by teams. Like, like, there's some there's just some teams out there that aren't willing to spend money. Yeah. yeah, I mean the Oakland A's aren't going to spend
0: that much money. Yeah, no, there's no there's no, there's no shot. So, yeah, I mean, I can see why the players want it, but it's also – it's just a – it's just fresh. I mean, it's just weird. I don't know. I I know there's small market teams, and I think it's more on the owners. Like you said, the owners are like, we're not going to spend – like, the owner of the Oakland A's is like, we're just not going to spend $214 million a year. We're just not going to do it, which is crazy because I think what's even crazier, Jared, is if if you – I'm sure you know this, obviously, and a lot of our listeners – know this as baseball fans too but if the tampa bay rays spent just 150 million a year on their team i mean would they win like 130 games a year i mean like honestly because they win 95 a year and they pay their team like 45 million dollars i mean it's ridiculous i think they win 140 games a year i mean literally they would lose 20 games a year like if they were paying their team just double or triple what they pay them now i mean that's and they already w- – I mean, let's just do the math, right? The math should line up properly. So if they win 90 games and they're paying their team $50 million a year, if they paid their team $100 million a year, they would win 180 games, right? They would just double their wins because they – no, no. but you get my point. I think these teams know, need to I pay get- them more. And, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't make the rules. But it's an interesting uh, talking point. And then it also leads into, again, another point that the players are trying to get, which is raising the league minimum. And you just mentioned the league minimum a little bit earlier, 500. And I think the official number was it's 550,000 and 500. That's the league minimum, 570,500. The most recent proposal I just saw from Bob Nightingale here was to raise it to 700,000 a year. That's a big jump. It doesn't seem like that's a, that's a lot, but I mean, but that's a, I mean, that's what is that like a twenty five percent, you know, twenty percent raise in in the league minimum? Like that's a big jump, you yeah, know. So it's, that's it's hard. A, it's a big jump. Like I would be
1: interested to see like how, like how many players, how many MLB players, what make league minimum? Make make league minimum. I'd imagine it's, I mean because I, it's probably a bigger chunk than you'd think, because there's probably quite a few like bullpen guys and shit that just don't.
0: How many MLB like, players make league minimum? Um, let's see. Uh, I'm looking at some articles here that say the, it's also uh, a lot of these proposals, by the way, just for those of you guys that are listening, it's not necessarily jumping straight up to seven hundred thousand, but what it would do is it would raise it to like six hundred thousand. That would be a, a first year guy would make instead of five hundred seventy thousand. His first year he'd make six hundred, but then his next year he'd make six fifty. The year after that he'd make seven hundred. So it's an incremental raises and stuff like that. But um, let's see, it's a seven percent increase, thirty percent increase. There's all kinds of stuff. Um, I'm not seeing anything here that's showing the exact number of players that are making it. Yeah. So it's hard to, it's hard to tell like how many guys that would affect, but looking at a lot of rosters, man, I mean, it's probably 30 or, you know, 25 or 30% of big league, at least big league rosters. probably, probably that number, maybe a little bit smaller of a number on the more competitive teams, right? The New York Yankees probably don't have a ton of guys making league minimum, but like yeah. like i mentioned before the Kansas City Royals Kansas City Royals on a 25 man roster, 26 man roster, they probably have 14 15 guys making league minimum. So that would be a huge jump for all those guys for for the you know the Adalberto Mondeses and the the fucking you know Brad Kellers of the world. Like those guys jumping from 550 to 700,000, that's a huge jump for those guys. So it's an interesting talking point. I also think I think they should do it. I mean, there was it was like two years ago when Pete Alonzo, I think it was Pete Alonzo, he won the home run derby, and they incentivized the home run derby and said the winner of the home run derby gets a million dollar prize. And Pete Alonzo won the home run derby, and then he was interviewed afterwards, and he's like, "Yeah, I just doubled my." or I tripled my annual salary because he was making 550000 and he got paid a million dollars for winning the home run derby. And so he made more on that one night than he he made double you know, that night than he did his, the entire season. So that's definitely something you need to fix. Because if there's a guy like Pete Alonza who comes up as a rookie and hits 50 home runs his rookie year, he just cannot make league minimum the year after that. He just can't do it. I mean, it just it's like, dude, you can't pay a guy who hits fifty home runs five hundred fifty thousand a year. It's just, it's too low, you it, know. Just not enough money. <laughs> like he's earned more than that for sure. You know what I mean? But yeah, one no, hundred
1: uh, percent. Let's like, it's like, that's tough. And I, I feel like the MLB's always kind of been structured to try to give uh like to protect the to protect the owners from having to pay out too early and obviously yes. they want to like secure secure talent when they can you know like so like a guy like fernando tatis didn't have to really wait but a lot of times i feel like they they do try to wait oh yeah. do try to wait to pay the, to pay these guys
0: until um, they absolutely have to pay them like yeah. arbitration like fourth year stuff yeah yeah so yep League minimum, haggling point for them. The next haggling point that uh, they've really been stuck on for a while is the service time situation. The service time situation for me is hard because I agree with the players in that, and Kent Kent, uh, touched on it when we interviewed him about how these teams just have too much control over these players. These players don't have the freedom to explore the free market if you get called let's say you get drafted you're in the big leagues the next year just hypothetically off some you're a superstar mm-hmm. in the old agreement you had three years where you were making the league minimum salary and then the fourth year of your contract you were make you you went into arbitration and either agreed upon a number with the team or an arbiter settled at a number and that went on for your fourth, fifth, and sixth year. And then by your seventh season is when you were eligible for free agency. Not only is that six full years of control for a team, but somehow, some way, worked into the old collective bargaining agreement, the owners managed to sneak this clause into it where if a player is held down in the minor leagues for f- greater than 14 days, and then it's called up on the 15th day of the season it doesn't count as a full year of service time for that player so they would the example that's commonly used and probably referenced in these debates and these uh these back and forth conversations between the players and the and the owners is the whole Chris Bryant situation where the Cubs are like, oh, my God, he's a superstar. The guy hit 40 home runs last year in AAA. No shit he's ready for the big leagues. And then opening day comes around and he's not on the roster. you're like, where is he? He's obviously our best option at third base. He's obviously ready for the major leagues. Where the fuck is Chris Bryant? Sure as shit, 14 days go by. And on that 15th day, breaking news, Chicago Cubs call up you know, third baseman Chris Bryant from the Reno Aces or whatever, the AAA affiliate, and not only is he called up on that 15th day, but he's called up and he's hitting second and playing third base. Like, my God, like how much obvious, more obvious can you be? And that's super frustrating for Chris Bryant because now Chris Bryant has to get called up. He has to play on the Cubs for that entire season, and then he gets to make league minimum salary for three more years after that. Like, that is bullshit. That is 100% yeah. a bullshit. And I don't know how, how that ever came into effect or even got signed on by the players. But here's my only thing, Jared, and this is all that I'm going to say. I'm on the side of the players. But the fact that that got worked into the CBA, that's on the players. That is the players' fault. Like, they didn't do their due diligence. The owners... Worked it in, tossed it in as a little clause, I'm sure, somewhere amongst their their talks. And the players either missed it or skimmed over it or signed on because they were impatient. I don't know the reason, but now it's kind of similar to the rest of these things they're haggling over. The players, this last CBA that they were playing under for five years, it was a dog shit CBA. Dog shit for the players. horrible in comparison to maybe the other leagues that that have signed much better CBAs. So now the players want to make these drastic, huge changes and swings to favor the players in such a huge way. The owners are like, fuck that. You guys signed on for this service time thing, and you signed on for this league minimum, and you signed on for this revenue sharing and collective bargaining or this competitive balance tax you guys signed and agreed to all this stuff five years ago. Like you guys agreed to 25% revenue. It's been five years. What are we supposed to give you 50%? Like, shut up. And I'm not, I'm not siding with the owners. It's just, that's where they're coming from. So the service time manipulation thing, I agree. It's bullshit. I think it should be worked away, of course, but I don't blame the owners as much as I do the players in that situation. Cause they fucked themselves on that.
1: Yeah. But you gotta, you gotta think too. that it's probably like, and there was there was absolutely push and pull probably with the last one you know what i mean so these because these players all have attorneys that are working for them it's not just the it's not just a group of players necessarily Correct. It's just, just sitting, around, yeah. just sitting that, around being like an what action is
0: Garrett cole Look, come on guys yeah, let's guys, get it
1: done these guys these guys with like an average cumulative of like a half semester of college yeah, like that, <laughs> yeah. Like throughout the league yeah they're all, all a bunch of high school guys well, dominican and, and guys dominican yeah yeah, yeah exactly so so I'm sure. I'm sure it's not them that are. That no, do I get most it. Of the No, thing, I get it. Obviously, but, but yeah, no, it's um, it's. It, I don't know. It's it's obviously just kind of a weird situation, and like, I guess it's really tough for the majority of people to possibly understand. Correct from the from like the ownership point of view. Correct. Because like none of us know shit about like what actual revenue they're pulling in, where all the revenue like obviously you can look it up you know but you don't necessarily know how that revenue is split up and who's making taking that money home obviously the owners are but there's a ton of expenses that they're covering you know uh for the team it's like not like the players are buying their plane tickets or hotel rooms and 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 just like that's just small examples of things that, that you know like you're talking about just the every general operation that a player doesn't have to deal with the ownership deals with so like correct you can kind of see where like they they start things off and they probably say hey fuck you guys we're giving you an opportunity to make money a shitload of money right like even like even your, your smallest league minimum it, it, like you guys are trying to we're giving you guys over a half a million dollars which is going
0: to put you in the top one percent in the u.s easy the top one hundredth of one percent i mean that's like insane yeah. to play baseball you know what yeah. i mean exactly yeah
1: like i think i think what is it let's see let's see what <laughs> see what the one percent in in america
0: is i bet you it's six figures i bet you it's like 150,000 or 200,000 i, I want to say
1: i want to say it's like 400,000
0: really what Maybe is it is. i don't know top top i mean it's also like you said it's also relative though because well, it's 184,000 so that's what they make top that's what and, they make and
1: that's that's that's
0: yeah so that's that's what they yeah, make
1: it's literally putting them right there
0: it's putting yeah, them in the top one percent
1: saying, saying you're in the top of one percent to be 22 years
0: old 23 years old in the major and to play baseball by the way you're not it's not you're not mining for coal like you're fucking playing baseball so,
1: so i you can definitely see both sides if if, if if you can't see both sides then you're just you're fucking biased correct you have to be able to understand the other side but like i agree i do stand for the players like obviously because they're the players you You love them you you love the players they're the ones put on the show um and you know at the end of the day these guys had to make it up and fight through a lot more odds than and which is far less guaranteed than what the owners are are making right? right so owners are gonna they've probably owned the team for god knows how long they have they're gonna own the team for far longer than that player's career is over of course you know? so like these guys are putting a lot more risk into it to try to make a great livelihood for themselves obviously so on that side i like I, I, obviously you can, you know side with the players there
0: um it's yeah just like, it's hard and it's hard to see you know you and then the last the last thing that's sort of i feel like it's kind of counterintuitive for the owners is the owners are talking kind of playing poor in a lot of these situations right they're always bargaining these prices and these these salaries and revenue shares down they're bargaining all this stuff down from where the players want to want these numbers to be and then all of a sudden the owners comes to the players association and is like uh, this last topic that we wanted to talk about with their haggling is the owners come to the players and they're like well you know we don't have any money we can't afford to we can't afford to share revenue with you guys or raise our competitive balance tax or raise a league minimum But how do you feel about 14 teams in the playoffs? (laughs) It's like the players and everybody knows right away that has nothing to do with, oh, we want more teams to get more opportunities. No, it's nothing to do with any of there is nobody's feelings or anything involved other than more money for the owners, more money, more playoff games, more TV deals, more ad revenue, more ticket sales. More concession, like it's all just more money, more money, more money. So, if they're gonna propose a 14 team postseason, which we can touch on here in a second, Jared, they can't be coming back on the other side and be like, "Let's do 14 teams in the playoffs." But I can give you 600 thousand league minimum. Like, okay, let's do 14, and then let's raise the league minimum to 750, and then let's raise this the collect the competitive balance tax. To you know 240 million from 215 let's share revenue a little more let's not manipulate service time and then these guys can all get a chance to play in the playoffs make more money you know have more financial security and then we can have our 14 teams in the playoffs but it sounds like the players don't want that many teams which i understand i think it's those guys also care and this is the point we were going to get to these players care about the integrity of the game to a certain extent. And everybody argues I, it's one of my big knocks against the NBA is that they have 16, 16, actually now it's 18, isn't it? Because of the, uh, the new like play in tournament. I don't know if you count that as postseason or not, but the new play in tournament brings in this, the nine seed because it's the six, seven, eight, nine playing against each other. So there are 18 teams in the NBA 18 teams playing games after the regular season is over 18 out of 30 or 32 that is too many fucking teams involved that is too many and on top of that as we all know it's stupid to put an eight seed before even they expanded it to the play-in tournament it's stupid to put an eight seed into the postseason like what is the eight seed gonna do against the golden state warriors what are they gonna do nothing they are going to do nothing that and even if it is it just so happens to be the lakers this year in the postseason right because they're lined up to possibly be the eight seed let's say the eight seed and they and they go to the playing tournament whatever and they're the eight seed and they play the warriors in the first round i'm sorry they're gonna get beaten like a fucking drum in four games and not only by the way is it eight seed versus one seed but it's a seven game series i mean that that is absurd. So you start talking about 14 teams in the MLB. Jared, I hate it. I really, really hate it. I think baseball is one of the sports that's only that's really held on to the, the elite status of making the postseason. I think expanding it to the two wildcard teams was a great idea because, you know, there's been a lot of situations where three teams, that happened this year. Three teams out of a division deserve to be in the postseason, and they do. You had... Tampa Bay winning the American League East and the Red Sox and Yankees playing each other. And that's unfortunate, right? That they had to end up playing each other in the one-game playoff. Maybe if I were to, if I were a player, the one expansion that I would like to see, and I'll let you talk, Jared, but the one expansion I'd like to good? see is that wild card matchup be a three-game series. And I think all three games should be at the higher seeded teams place, if that makes sense. Like the Red Sox. Hosted the Yankees this year in the American League wildcard game, expand it mm-hmm. to three games and have the Red Sox just host all three games, and so that way, yeah. if one guy, the one like the, this opening starter for Game One has a bad day, and it's just oh our season's over, like no, come on, give him give him a chance to at least you know do something because I think the one game in baseball especially is is stupid, but keep it exactly yeah. how it is. Otherwise, it's just expanding is fourteen is a huge number and that's too big in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I don't I I don't like uh I don't like the current wild card state. But definitely um I did see I did see that one uh pr- the proposal right And it was like I forget exactly what it was. It was the higher someone doesn't somebody
0: get to pick pick the team they play this year. That was like a proposal. Yeah, there proposal. dude, there was some crazy crazy proposals. Um MLB expanded playoffs 2022. So this was uh, February 10th, dude. I've seen some crazy proposals, crazy, crazy proposals. I saw one where there was like, there was seven. The deal would include 25 weeks, blah blah blah. the The reason for the expanded postseason is money. MLB obviously would make more money with the additional round of playoffs. I want this this guy writing, uh Al Yellen is writing uh if we had a 14 team postseason field, this is a great way to look at it here, Jared. If we had a 14 team mm. postseason field in 2021, seven teams from each league, uh, we would have had the following teams added to the original 10 that did not make the playoffs. If we would have had 14 last year, the Reds and the Phillies would have made the postseason. The Phillies, Jared. Would have been, would have made the postseason at 82 and 80. That would be their record and they would make the postseason. And he says in this yeah, was, article, do either of these teams, the, Philly, the Reds were 83 and 79, one game better? And he said, do these teams look anything like postseason teams? Like, no, they just don't. And then in the American League, the Blue Jays and the Mariners would have made it. And that would have been cooler, right? To see the Blue Jays, I guess. But that's also putting four. Teams from the same division in the playoffs. Four teams. Yeah, that seems uh, that seems very excessive. Extremely excessive. (laughs) It's a little bit different. It's it's a little bit different in the American League situation here because the Blue Jays went ninety-one and seventy-one, and the Mariners went ninety and seventy-two. That's a much Mm. more respectable, much more respectable number. Nine over ninety wins. You'll you'll be competing for a spot. But the bottom line is, unless you're in a dog shit division you need to win 94 to 97 games to win the division that's just how it works Yeah, it is what it is it's just that's baseball so it, to expand it and reward teams like the phillies like how would the phillies have done last year in the playoffs let's all be honest not good not fucking yeah, not good d- not judging by that bullpen
1: i mean that, that bullpen is just getting lit last i year, mean my god
0: like- they would have just been horrible so yeah, I don't. I don't love the expanded playoffs. You know, the, people always say that, right? And then, and then when they do end up expanding the playoffs in whatever fashion they choose, and in the most recent case, it was the wild card expansion. And initially, most people's reactions were, "Oh, that's bullshit! Only four teams from each league." And then it comes out, and a lot of people end up, uh, a lot of people end up settling on it and going, "You know, okay, I kind of like it." And that's everybody's argument, uh, for this thing, is. Just let it happen, see how it is, and you're going to end up loving it. And maybe, right, maybe we'll love it, but probably not. I think it's too many fucking teams. Would it be cooler to see the Padres have a better chance to make the playoffs as a Padres fan? Sure. But I'm also not going to be super jazzed when the Padres make the playoffs as a 7 seed or a 6 seed and they have to play the Dodgers in the first round, or they have to play you know, the Braves that's loaded or the, this for this case this year, like the Mets, like I want to be able to at least, I don't know, just have a, have a more of an earned spot and have a little bit more confidence going into the season, but, or into the post season, I should say. But anyways, that's, that's the points they were haggling on revenue share, competitive balance tax, uh league minimum service time manipulation and the expanded playoffs. There's a few more much smaller, Subjects that they've kind of already sort of agreed upon or they weren't very far apart on so That's where they're at again. We're getting live updates tonight as as we record most recent tweets I'm seeing here uh, From John Heyman sides are still talking and the mood is improved but players union source maintains they are still very far apart on certain key components, so You're hearing conflicting reports. We don't know If it's true, we don't know if it's not true. Uh, Trevor Plouffe, notable former player, John Boy Media guy, great dude. He said, you know, if a deal is imminent, I'm praying that there's only 12 teams in the playoffs and not 14. He said, let's not ruin the importance of regular season so we can get closer on the money. 12 teams is still a win for the owners. And I actually agree with that. I think that'd be a good number to settle at. It's 12 teams. That's a lot of teams. But it still gives you know an opportunity for some teams that were right on the cusp to get in while also not letting in complete shit can teams. So hopefully we can reach an agreement. Who knows? who fucking knows? in the meantime, yeah, I, just, I would just love I would
1: just love to uh love to be watching some sports in
0: yep and and may well, and also Jared, and it's it's a transition to our next subject of. Of the division predictions we're going to be doing, it would be making our division predictions much easier than what they are right now because we can make these division predictions right now. And in a normal time, in a normal season where there's no lockout, we would know where everybody was. Everyone would be signed. Players will have been reported. Pitchers and catchers will be like they had already played their first spring training games. We probably would have seen a few at bats from newly signed free agents. We would have seen an at bat from, uh, I don't know, uh, Starling Marte on the on the Mets or we would have seen that bat from Freddie Freeman on wherever he signs, the Dodgers, most likely. But we would have seen that bat, so we would have been able to predict and be like, okay, these guys are good, these guys are bad. We have these rosters set. You have a pretty good idea of where these guys are going to be. In this case, today, we're going to be predicting the American League Central. It's much harder, like I said, because we don't know exactly how these rosters are going to look. But I will say... American league central is maybe one of those divisions where it seems to be pretty much one teams to lose. And yeah, there's a few abs- other teams.
1: Abs- absolutely.
0: There's a few other teams that are on the rise or possibly going to be putting together maybe better seasons than they have in the recent past. But there's one team in the American league central that should run away with it. Like they did last year And they may get better. They may end up signing more guys and getting better. But we'll dive into the American League Central, and we'll start with, I believe it is, no. Let's see. Alphabetically, Alphabetically, based on location, it's got to be Chicago White Sox, correct? Because you have Cleveland, you have Detroit, Kansas City, and Minnesota. So... Coincidentally, that's the exact order that they finished in last year: Chicago, Cleveland, Detroit, (laughs) Kansas City, and Minnesota. But we'll start with the White Sox because we're going alphabetical, and it's the it's the funnest team to talk about in this division. Obviously,
1: it's by it's by far it's by far the most. You
0: you take over, yeah. You take over uh, Uh, that that situation. Uh, Just give me a rundown of what you think about this the Chicago White Sox team, because I'll tell our listeners really quickly, Jared absolutely fucking loves the chicago white Sox. loves this team i, had, loves I, them. I, I
1: hard transitioned i had to hard, You, dude i've never fucking done that in my entire life from a home team but when the rockies got rid of arenado this last year i go why i go why the fuck it <laughs> right. wasn't even this last year it was actually it was to, kind of like, the covid year. COVID, yeah. it was the covid year <clears throat> i got like i i started watching them i was like i like this team you know why because they hadn't done shit in fucking a decade really correct you know they, they had not really done anything. It wasn't like too bandwagon-y. You had guys that nobody knows of yet still. Like, I bet you, you could ask like uh, like a, a C-level baseball fan if he knows who Luis Robert is. And he probably doesn't. And I'm telling you right now, if Luis Robert continues to like progress, this guy, I'm telling you, this guy could potentially win an MVP in his career. I believe he, it. you're talking about a guy that could steal. Th- he could easily oh, steal a, 30 to 40 bags. If, he's if a freak. If he, if he gets on base more um you know and he he's not like he's hitting a bad clip i think you could probably i think he actually was banged up a little bit last year but then you got guys like eloy jimenez which obviously like is um you know becoming a little bit more well known especially after uh he hit some tanks in the oh no dude he had a freak year last year
0: yeah let's hear let's hear his but, stats
1: but but he was he was banged up so he didn't have a lot of, so, but yeah, like he was about banged regular, he,
0: he came back um he was hurt for most of the year. No, didn't he? Didn't he yeah, like he dislocate had a, he, his he hip like or told, something?
1: Something, yeah, something, in his hip or groin. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, he, he, in in 68 games played, he had 275 at bats. He hit 338 with 13 home runs and 43 RBI's. Yeah,
0: that's a joke. So
1: 338. So he's so he's just he's getting, you know, he's getting on base more than I actually thought he was. I I, I mean I I watched him like slump a little bit, which is probably like times where he was just striking out and swinging at bad pitches. But like, that's like a lot of those young, like foreign guys, that's what they seem to do. Um, you know, he's from, he's a Cuban guy, but I don't how many, bags I wonder how many bags he's still too. I, that's one other, one last thing I want to look up and then we'll move on. No, no, go for it. And I, also, I, Luis, I'm Luis
0: run through their run through their rotation too. While you're at it, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. There's a well, guy that they just signed. It's but.
1: yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure out how many stolen bases. Luis Robert had last year my baseball reference real quick uh he only stole six but then once again he was he was a little bit banged up i think but i think it's a guy he's got so much damn speed he was second in rookie of the year he won a golden glove his as a rookie um he's got a can of an arm he's fast as shit like i like people probably don't know about him that that much yet but they will because he is a freak um let me go back to their their roster real quick so then you got yeah elo jimenez uh obviously crushed the ball tim anderson is one of like seems like he might be the most underrated uh shortstop. I bet you there's so many people out there right now that you could probably ask hey, are you uh like you could probably ask so many people in MLB right now, who's the better who is the better shortstop? And you could ask people is it Tim Anderson or Javi Baez? Ooh. And people would probably still say Javi Baez right now. I, like I that. don't I don't think no. so. I, don't I think it's fucking Tim Anderson.
0: I think a monster, dude. He's really Tim yeah,
1: Anderson's a, mo- but that's what I'm saying is he doesn't get like a ton of ton of hype. I mean, this last year, once again, Field of Dreams game. Everyone wanted to watch it. He right. freaking walk off home run. Yeah, off of, that was sick. Off of a guy that throws sinkers. So you know, ridiculous. Turbo. That's Manny Grandal, another guy that got banged up. Switch hitting catcher, absolutely crushes the ball. Beast. Jose Abreu, uh, dude, monster. COVID year, and COVID year MVP, like just a ridiculous dude. hitter all around. You have you have. uh you have these other, and then you have the guys behind him. You, so you have Larry Garcia. He um, said, "I don't think he's gonna." They have uh, Andrew Vaughn and behind him, and they have Danny Mendick. Um, I actually kind of liked. Who, who was that little Oregon State guy they had? Oh, um, Madrigal. My, my kind of they, name name. they traded him. Madrigal. They traded him away, which for Kimbrough. was in the, the Kimbrel trade. Yep. Which fucking sucked for them because Kimbrel came in and sucked for the White Sox. Yes, he does. But yes, Yama, Yamankata, another switch hitter, unbelievable. This Gavin Sheets guy. It uh, I don't know if he, he, if he still has his... Yeah, he's actually, they have that right field. Oh, they have Andrew Vaughn and the DH here. But it's like, you have Adam... Adam Ingles not even supposed to be starting on this team, I guess. But, like, if you have Andrew Vaughn this says that they, they have him available to play second, it's like, I wouldn't mind shifting this one around to get Lyria Garcia out of there and get, like, Adam Ingle or Andrew Vaughn in there. Because those I guys agree. got pop. Gavin, Gavin Sheets is ridiculous, can crush the ball. Um, so then you go to the rotation. You got Giolito... You got you got Lance Lynn is your number one. He had a side. Did he win this? No, he, he won this last year. No, but he was. I
0: think he might have been like a finalist. Three. Yeah, he might have been a finalist. Yeah, he was like a top three. Yeah,
1: you got Giolito, uh, You know, no hitter a couple years ago, only getting better and better. And then this guy right here is the guy you're talking about, Dylan Cease. Oh, I love Dylan Cease. Oh
0: uh, no, he, he's not. He's not the new guy. He's not new. What? He was, he was Who with t- them last year, but no, no. He the guy 90, I, I saw, the guy I saw on here, it wasn't a starter. They just apparently they had signed him, but Kendall, they signed Kendall, Kendall Graveman. Kendall Graveman, Dude, yeah. Kendall Graveman was, the... was throwing fucking wiffle balls last year.
1: Wiffle balls. He, he's got that ninety. He was with the Mariners, then he got traded at the Astros, correct? Correct, correct. He throws in through a night like a there's like a ninety nine yeah,
0: mile power sinker, turbo and sinker, turbo cutter, him. turbo slider. I don't know where, like, I don't know why he just became <laughs> that guy because he was like a starter on like the A's for like the first like three sometimes, years of his career and then he just it like it works oh did they just threw him in the pen and all of a sudden he just turned into like dude he was throwing absolute bowling balls and dude looking at the young so, pitching I, the pitching talent they have dude it's unbelievable Unbelievable, dude yeah, Ronaldo Re- lopez, yeah, lopez is probably their worst of the young prospect guys they have they have dylan cease giolito i would still it's considered young for sure he's probably what, like 25 yeah. 26
1: yeah, he, uh, he was out of high school for sure. Yeah, he had Tommy John. He got drafted like 13th overall with Tommy John. Yeah. by the Nationals.
0: They have Michael Kopech who throws bullets. Obviously, they have Garrett. They have slated to be a starter this year. They have Garrett Crochet, who everybody, anybody that's played MLB The show knows that he is unhit Dude, he's a left-handed, fucking Spider Man who throws 104. I mean, he and he's like six. Dude, he's six foot six, 230 pounds, and he throws. He's left handed yeah. He throws 103. I mean, it's kind of reminds me of kind of reminds me of Chris Sale, like, like, Chris, a, sale like a body, Chris, Chris Sale body, Chris Sale body, but taller and throws harder and like yeah, throws, not throws this, quite the same harm angle. Right. A little bit more over the top, but like unhittable. I just don't understand. Yeah, just, He's literally just unhittable. Just looks, like it doesn't really, even really make really sense. To so they have Kimbrell. They have Dallas Keuchel. Like you, you said, have, you
1: have Liam Hendricks. Oh, my you have, God, Jim, dude. You have, they, you have Liam, 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 Liam Hendricks. Liam, Craig Kimbrell not even their their actual closer. Correct. He's the guy. You're talking about. You're he might be about their, Kimbrell might be their
0: seventh inning guy after signing Kendall Graveman. It might go Kimbrell, oh, yeah. Graveman, and it's Liam good. Hendricks. My God. I mean, it's, my God.
1: The and then you mix in mix in uh, Garrett Crochet or like make like this team makes the playoffs or needs needs to fucking win a game. <sighs> the fact that you could you could have a guy like Lance Lynn give you five, turn it over to you know. Garrett Crochet for Robert, one or two, or, or or no, you could go to copec even. They have copec in as a starter. Kopech for Kopech two, and in the six.
0: copec for two, and if you go to extras, you could go, you could go Crochet, Kimbrel, Graveman, Hendricks, one a piece, and then like I mean, dude, like what are we that's talking three, about? That's, you're talking about three all-star, like three all-star closers. I mean, you're talking about Kimbrel's
1: a top <laughs> five to if top, not top like three closer yep. in the history of baseball yeah basically.
0: and then dude looking at their outfit like you said you got let's just put luis robert in center field for argument's sake which i think he is i mean he's a center fielder yeah he is, he's the center fielder yeah. for argument's sake you go eloy and left luis robert in center andrew vaughn and right you go yerman mercedes catching right just again for argument's sake moncada at third tim anderson at short uh adam angle maybe at second or larry garcia or Danny just, Mendick. I mean, that second base position isn't have, isn't yeah. the best spot for them, but then they have Jose Brahew at the, first. Then they have, by the way, Grandal's catching for them, but Zach Collins, rakes, yeah. and that Sebi Zavala guy came up last year out of nowhere and shit on everybody. Everybody. He came up and he finished horrible really bad but he came up and hit like four home runs in the first week he was in the big leagues so they're deep and then i think what's yeah. what's uh interesting about them is do they not have any guys in the top 100 oh let's see show full list good. they have to have they have to have one guy in the top 100 oh maybe not it doesn't look like they yeah, have I one mean, they don't have a single guy in the top 100 Huh. Really interesting,
1: it doesn't. It's not like, but I think the thing it's is, not like all the guys overly surprising there, because they probably, they they probably called them up. A lot them. Well,
0: they, they called them up, or they, or they, dished I them. mean, I know, yeah, I know Madrigal was a top 100 guy, I know Andrew Vaughn was a top 100 guy. All those guys lost their prospect status, so yeah, it, it they're fine. It, they're fine. White Sox, Jared, they're gonna finish first in this division, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, not, yeah it's, it's not in class, yeah, they're gonna win the division. Um, up next the cleveland guardians the guardians interesting team here um yeah pretty lot really of ta- team. a lot of talent right a lot of talent on this team a lot of young talent yeah. but not quite enough them, offensively to really make an impact like their pitching yeah, stuff this... is good
1: but yeah bobby bobby bradley you know at first base he kind of had a he kind of had a, a nice little year last year where like he came up and i remember him coming up clutch for them and having like a, a nice little yeah um i don't know what he i don't know what he fit like finished off at but um let's see let's actually let see what bobby bradley hit last year as a first baseman yeah yeah so we just talk i talk about him like he had a great year at 208 16 right and it's like right i just happen to watch a game i don't watch a lot of them so like um yeah. you happen to have a good game jose ramirez perennial mvp candidate he's their best player
0: no doubt by far
1: you got I like Fran, uh, yeah, Franmil Rey. Yeah, I like Fran, Fran Mill Reyes, I actually do like. I like Fran Mill. He's he's a guy that he can get he can get real hot and just and really carry a team actually. Um so he hit he hit 30 bombs last year. I don't even know how many games he played, let's see. He only played in 115 games last year.
0: Yeah. He hit no, bombs, he's he's so, a good hitter, yeah. man. He's really good. I like Fran Mill. Yes. I like Jose Ramirez. Looking at the rest of their team offensively, I mean Austin Hedges or Brian. Lavistita at catcher. I mean, those guys. I don't even know who Brian Vestida is, but Austin Hedges, from experience as a Padres fan, is maybe the worst hitter in the major leagues. I mean, he's horrendously bad. Their infield: Jose Ramirez, Ahmed Rosario. I guess at shortstop. Just, like fuck. He's kind it's just like, like, he's, like, not, he's
1: not like a really like he's like, like a two eighty five guy, but he's not, he doesn't got like, a lot of pop. He's like, he's like eight he's home runs a year. Bowler, yeah. Yeah, eight to eight to eight to fifteen, maybe. Like maybe Owen 12.
0: Miller playing somewhere in that infield. The outfield is probably going to be a combination of Bradley Zimmer, Miles Straw, Franmil Reyes, Josh Naylor, Oscar Mercado. I mean, just like none of those guys. Mill's, like we said, good, but the rest of them just do not jump out at you even a little well, bit. Like they just. Ugh. What's 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 kind of crazy is Fran Franmil
1: actually like looking at like how he only played 115 games is actually. Slightly underrated on this team. He's oh, um, I mean, 30 home runs. You have, I mean, think about this: like Jose Ramirez played. See, Jose Ramirez played 152 games. With fran Mill and he played in 115. So, and he he only hit six less home runs. Yeah, so you get fran Mill an extra
0: 120 at bats. I mean, that's he's going to. Yeah, the guy, guy might, might hit 40 runs. home runs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Got yeah, Shane Bieber. Um, obviously came off of a young a couple years ago. Was yeah. Unhittable. He's a, he's a beast. Uh so Aaron Savale uh was kind of back and yeah, he was solid, but he was back and forth last year for me a little bit. Yeah, it looks like he was 12 and 5, the three eight, like not bad, but he's not like a bona fide number two, I guess, for for a team that's gonna compete. Uh please, that uh, cal tri this Tristan McKenzie kid. Uh Emmanuel Clause, he, didn't have he,
0: Emmanuel Clause. Oh, you're going through starters right now. Please zach yeah. Yeah, i just gonna, I'm, Yeah, yeah, Tristan, McKenzie. Tristan McKenzie on the yeah. back end.
1: He, he's a guy that either gets lit. Or he strikes out ten and goes eight and gives up one hit, so it's like. Yeah, Cal. He, I, he's he he might have a big year
0: this year though. Cal, Cal Quantrill, Jared, is pretty good. Uh, he had a two eight nine ERA last year. One hundred and forty nine yeah, innings. Yeah. Yeah,
1: he did, he did. have a good year. Yeah, he's a first round um, pick from the Padres. Oh, I, Thanks
0: for coming. Yep.
1: I watched him. Uh, I watched him. Pl- I watched him pitch a couple times. I think one of the games I watched him pitch. He like it, it was early in the season. I think he might have just. He might have got absolutely lit up. So I had no his second in his though,
0: he, if there was a first and second half Cy Young award he would got he would have gotten the second half Cy Young. He had like a one nine ERA second half. Like he just caught on yeah, fire.
1: So, so it was pretty solid. Bull, but I, I think, think they actually the have
0: one of the better bullpens. Uh, Emmanuel Clause, who just throws hundred and two mile cut fastballs. It just doesn't make sense. James Shack is really good. I like James Shack yeah, a, a lot. He's got
1: like a lead. He's got that ridiculous curveball. He yep. throws like eighty-eight and it moves. It kind of reminds me of I don't even know
0: who's just like that. It's it like kind of reminds me. I'm trying to think of who. It's like Kershaw's, but like eighty-eight. <laughs> like yeah, like it's it's really
1: hard with a ton, ton of it almost looks super tight. Yeah, and then he
0: throws he throws like ninety-seven to ninety-eight. So yeah, um, yeah. So this team, I mean, they're solid, man. But um looking at the top one hundred. The Guardians have five guys in the top 100, which is pretty good, right? But four of those top five guys have all been in the major leagues at some point. So they're all like Tyler Freeman, George Valera, Nolan Jones, Gabriel Arias, all four of those guys. They're all young, but they've all been in the major leagues at some point. So it's not like they have a lot to bank on. Um, They're kind of in that weird limbo position where they have a lot of young talent, but they don't have much looking forward. And they don't also seem like they're going to be competing. It's kind of, it's just a kind of a weird spot for them. But I mean, I don't know.
1: I don't know. I'm just thinking, um, just thinking kind of like, this is maybe just because some of the, I don't know. I don't know who I, who I trust the most in this, because it's like that. some of these, some of these like uh, <clears throat> some of these shitty teams, like we talked about, are gonna are, might be slightly better this year. Um, but the Guardians, just off of off of that the way that they performed last year, probably gonna go ahead and say maybe third, maybe maybe second. Actually, it's such a it's such a kind of a shit league. So shit, could,
0: yeah, the division's bad. But I'm 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 gonna take them. I'm gonna take them in third um it's a good pick no i like him in third just i
1: like i like him in third because we'll we'll talk about some of these other like other teams. yeah I just we'll,
0: think that yeah we'll talk they, about they it. don't they don't, do it enough. they don't do it they don't do it enough for me right yeah they're, they're third they're third place That's fine they're a third place team it is what it is um moving on in the american league central we'll go through these these teams a little bit quicker but just a little bit quicker yeah yeah kansas city uh similar similar to the uh indians or excuse me the guardians similar to the guardians a lot of young talent with a handful of established veterans, but just not quite enough to really do a whole lot. And especially if you're a team that's looking to make an impact, and I think that's why the Indians found themselves having the, the success, if you could even call them that uh, call the eighty and eighty-two season they had last year, a success. But the the Royals looking at their depth chart, I mean, they're A's. I don't like their, I- brady they can, singer they can hit you know
1: yeah they can they can hit a little bit they can hit definitely I mean brady singers was five and ten with a with a five yard last year right um they can hit this josh, my, my favorite guy out that they can that can pitch for them at all is this josh stop guy you ever seen him josh Stamont, yeah stalmont or whatever Daymont, yeah, stalmont. Yeah, what just over
0: it. the top yeah yeah
1: just it just easy as it looks it makes it look easy i, I do like some of their haters whitman Whit Merrifield's pure salvi's obviously Salvi's yeah, Salvi's a, obviously ridiculous. Whit Merrifield, super pure. Yeah, yeah pure hitter. Um, yeah, it looks like you have Mondesi kind of like not even starting for them this year, but he's, he's going to play. He's going to see that. guy can yeah. hit a little bit. He's fast.
0: Yeah, Benatendi, Bobby Witt,
1: solid. Bobby Witt Jr., they, I see that they have him kind of slated in, but he was, uh, he was in the minor leagues last year. I don't know, don't know if he made it up. Nikki Lopez is actually uh, was a pretty decent uh, hitter last year. He, I think he hit like 300. He played 151 games and hit 300. So. Kansas City. Uh, yeah. Oh,
0: they, not great. Yeah. They also have. um, They also have. Hunter Dozier, who I like Hunter Dozier. I think he's a pretty solid hitter, too. Uh, ben Attendee, like you said, Montesy, Merrifield, Carlos Santana, you know, again, like older solid. Guy. Solid guy. Yeah. Just gets on base, I guess. Yeah. Like he'll pop 20 a year. You know, just kind of whatever. Um. But yeah, I mean Kansas City's. Did you did you wig out over there? or What happened? Did you lose me? Oh, I think his My mic. Headphones. Oh, there you go. Now I can My hear headphones you.
1: Headphones just disconnected randomly. Oh gosh. Gotcha. But yeah, but Ben Benintendi, Benatendi's like yeah, just solid. But like he's not like he's not, not superstar level. Um, but like still really good. Like still a really solid player, but this team I just think with like looking like what they what really kills them is that they actually played some good baseball last year when I watched them. They had like a lot of fight and like they they'd come back into these games. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm still I'm still thinking that um just their pitching is going to be their downfall this year, and for that reason, I'm picking yeah. them to. I'll go fourth, probably fourth. Yeah, probably finish, probably finish fourth in this league. Yeah, they're definitely a fourth um, place team, and and it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close,
0: fourth with or fifth. The next
1: team that we're talking about, yeah, which is, yeah, which is Detroit. Uh, they signed Ed, Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, they had to, these guys have some good young pitching
0: with Casey Mize. The Scubal guy is pretty good. Matt Manning is. Wait, we have. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, well, no, we got Minnesota. Or wait, well, we, we actually skip skipped. The, though, we skipped yeah. Detroit. Well, let's just go with Minnesota because I want to talk about the tig- Tigers last because I kind of like that team. So let's go with Minnesota quickly because they're okay. fucking trash. Uh, no offense, Twins fans or Minnesota. It's nothing personal. You guys just aren't good. I mean, looking at your starting rotation, Jared. Oh my god! Like, it's Kenta Maeda is probably going to be their best guy, and then after that, it's a combination of Dylan Bundy. Oh, I
1: some some of these guys were uh, they had decent games last year that I watched, but like I just. Nothing, nothing that pops off the charts that consistent. The Bailey Ober guy's like six ten, and as I watched him have some good starts. Bundy, who knows what the hell he's going to do? He had such a horrible year last year, but then he was like a Cy Young candidate the year before. So I don't, <laughs> I just don't know with this guy. He looks like he got like too big, but it looks, it looks like half their rotation is like a
0: uh, just young half guys. Their, half the
1: rotation's like a like a seven ERA guys. Yeah, so that's that's dairy, very very tra- that's dairy. that's very troublesome. But they can they can swing it a little bit. They don't have a god, they don't have a great fucking bullpen either. But you gotta look at the guys like you got Sano, Mitch Garver, Donaldson, Polanco, Buxton, Kepler, and that Brett Rooker guy was wasn't did he go to Mississippi State? He was just an absolute freak there.
0: They also have Could just to touch on prospects, they have Royce Lewis, who was the number one overall pick uh, a couple years ago. 35th overall prospect and they have Austin Martin who's a, sh- a shortstop outfielder really quick he was he's the 36th overall prospect so they have three guys in the top 100 it, they just I mean their pitching is so bad combined with they play in a bigger ballpark. I like a lot of their hitters i liked I liked past tense Mitch Garver but I did not like him last year because he didn't play. He only had 13 home runs. He had 256. He slugs pretty well. You obviously have, like you said, Miguel Sano, respectable. Jorge Polanco, very respectable. Donaldson, very respectable, but old as fuck, dude. Like, old as fuck. Nick Gordon, solid. Kirilov was a prospect for him for a long time. He's okay. Buxton is obviously very good. And then Kepler larnick like it's just a kind of a, ju- a jumble of of like so like to make a comparison in, in mlb the show it's a big jumble of like silver silver caliber guys you know like yeah there's not one guy in here where i'm like oh he's a gold or he's a diamond except for buxton and maybe kenta maeda put him as a as a gold rated player but the rest of their team i guess taylor rogers is pretty solid in the bullpen but then after that, it's just a bunch of silvers and bronze caliber players, just very middle of the pack, not great, not horrible, but just not anywhere near where a team would need to be to actually compete in a division like this. So, Jared, fifth place for these guys—is that where you're going to put them? Because it's either fifth or second. Just <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess if if that's the case. I'm... If that's the case, I'm 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 gonna have to slide, play Cleveland up to number two. Um, I think these guys still have like a better chance than the Royals to be good for some reason. Just because I don't think well, so? I don't know actually. I don't know. I think they, these two teams will be battling for last in, place. Yeah, well, yeah, I can see Royals are going fourth and fifth, and I think yeah that that makes more sense. I think it's gonna be, I think I think it's gonna be between fourth and fifth between Minnesota in kansas city i'm gonna slide cleveland up into second just after kind of reviewing the teams a little bit and then that will bring us to kind of our last team which i think is like like we said is it's very interesting
0: dude i so okay just to quickly touch on it i i really like the tigers like i think they have like a kind of a good team you know you have the like ultimate veteran leadership and obviously miguel cabrera who is He's 30, he's going to be 39 years old this year. So, older guy, obviously has a ton of experience. He's seen it all, done it all. And that's really important because it translates to the guys that they do have, the younger guys, in guys like Willie Castro, Heimer Candelario, uh, Harold Castro, Akil uh, Badu. Eric Haas like these guys are young They're projectable to be Pretty solid And
1: Like Jonathan Scope I actually like the Middle field too I mean I don't love I don't love Javi Baez as much As I like I don't know I mean Once again it's like Javi Baez gets shit on But you know why it's because he swings out of his Ass yes and he's He's up there with intent and it says And he's saying I might Strike out fucking 207 Times this year you yes. know what I mean? I'm going to strike out. I'm going to have five at-bats today. I'm going to strike out twice. And, and I'm going to strike out embarrassingly. So I'm, I hard. also might I also might hit a, a dinghy. Like, at least, you know what I mean? He's a th- he had 31 home runs, hit 265 at 87 RBIs. 265 was actually getting more and more respectable in the MLB. So it doesn't seem like guys really bat in the
0: 300s nearly as often. There's also, Jared, I also think the one thing that's underrated about this team is AJ Hinch as their manager. I mean, A.J. Hinch won a World Series with the Houston Astros. Okay, they fucking cheated. Oh. I don't give a fuck. I don't it give a fuck.
1: Like,
0: give me a sod in half on here for that. I don't, Listen, I think A.J. Hinch is a good manager. I do. And I also think, Jared, I think he is best friends with Carlos Correa, who just so happens to be a free agent. And you know which team A.J. Hinch manages for? The Detroit Tigers. And you know which team is looking to make an impact and start their tra- their. Trend work, trending upwards in that division and hopefully competing, trying to win more than 85 games. Detroit Tigers, you know, who has a little bit of right. extra scratch because they're not paying anybody besides hobby bias. Detroit Tigers. I'm just saying, dude, this that's you why we talked about earlier. I think Jonathan, it's hard, Jonathan Scoop, you know,
1: Jonathan Sh- oh, Scope,
0: it's scope, Go, scope, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I always just read it. I'm like, it's scope, honestly, a, like it's a, like a scope, it's was- on, on a gun, yeah. Go ahead,
1: yeah, they have him. They have him uh, slated at first base on their depth chart, which is very interesting when you consider Willie Castro as like the like the guy that have slated on their second second baseman. So Willie Castro, obviously, two twenty nine home runs. Well, he's not. I mean, like like we said, he's obviously Scope, probably got some potential.
0: Yeah, Scope has just been the guy in his career that started as the young spunky, base stealing second baseman with good contact and occasional power. And he slowly transitioned to that fucking meat wagon, thigh heavy, kind of like three outcome guy who can't really run, which is why he started as a second baseman and has now transitioned has, his way over to has, first he base. He is
1: definitely definitely thickened up. He's
0: thickened up quick. Yeah, he, he, know, like it wasn't. It wasn't. That, it wasn't that long
1: ago. He's like he's. Th- I think he's thirty years old. He wasn't that long ago where he was like. I
0: guess he never the, was quite the, the Orioles, base dealer, the, but I just I feel like on the, the Orioles, Orioles he was baseball. like really good. I thought he was like,
1: like he was just he he was a middle infielder.
0: Yeah, he just and, I guess he and, was never that. He good. just doesn't.
1: He just, you know, he came up in MLB the show and
0: people loved him. Yeah, and he had a, he always had a good card. And
1: but anyway. You, they got potential if they sign a guy like Carlos Correa, then they have a really good middle infield. Dude, honestly. and then lo- I'm sorry, but also um, looking at their a-
0: looking at their pitching staff, dude. Like Casey Mize is really good. Eduardo Rodriguez is a solid number two. Spencer Turnbull's young. Tyler Alexander, uh, Tarek Scubel, all those those three guys are young, but they're all very good and projectable. And then their bullpen is like also really good. Gregory Soto is really good. Fulmer is solid. Cisnero is good. Uh, Joe Jimenez is solid bullpen piece and the tigers have two guys in the top 10 jared in the prospects uh in the top 100 two guys in the top 10 spencer torkelson first overall pick and riley green that's a big first that's a big first
1: baseman out of asu first
0: base and third base but yeah first base and also jared if you think that there's some problems in the outfield or they don't have you know quite the depth or anything like that they have riley green jared who was up to AAA last year why don't i read you riley green's fucking stats last year jared on two teams riley green had a 387 on base he had 534 slugging he had 25 doubles 24 home runs and a 301 batting average in double and triple a last year he had 301 with 24 home runs in double and triple a and he's an outfielder so you're looking at their you're looking at the the uh tigers outfield and you're like well i don't know you know akil badu robbie grossman uh you know victor reyes like these guys are okay but daz cameron is officially no longer a prospect he's still a baby and daz cameron's obviously the son of mike cameron he's really good dude spencer torkelson could come up and play first base for him or at any point or third base riley green can come up and play they both of those guys are going to be in the big leagues this year 100 torkelson and oh. riley green they're both triple a guys yeah. they're both beasts they're both in the top 10 dude i like the fucking tigers and god forbid like we said they get carlos correa watch out for the tigers they might be that team that yeah. slugs their way to a second wild card spot maybe not yeah maybe no. i'm not maybe you know maybe that's too much but maybe they do We'll see. We'll just see. Well, yeah. I guess
1: what it really just depends on, like you said, like, um, you know, like if they decide sign in Korea, if this and if this young pitching staff just takes that next step forward. I mean, I think they're definitely going to be a surprise. And I think I have them. They are going to be right, right up there. I
0: have them second place in this division.
1: I have them at third, just because I believe in the pitching staff a little bit more because you have Shane, really good it's it's Shane for Cleveland. Like, for Cleveland, yeah. yeah. Shane Bieber in in that the bullpen. No, like it's a, little not a more, bad pick. I, be, I, I do like I do like Soto. I do like Soto, but uh, you know you have the Emmanuel Clase and you have Franchik. I know those guys aren't going to make everything, but they have some young guys too, like you said, Quinch, uh, Quantrill, Quantrill and McKenzie. Yeah, yeah it's like.
0: I, it's gonna be one, two, three for sure. White Sox
1: win the division hands down, no problem.
0: I think it'll go but White then... Sox win the division. I think the Tigers and the Indians will be battling for second and third. And then I think there's gonna be a gap and the Royals and Twins will be battling for fifth, fourth and fifth. Yeah. As you, I think in, there'll be in, a gap in both between first, second, third, and then fourth, fifth. There's good like there'll be three spots and you know, there'll be gaps in all those spots. So. In both in both of uh
1: both twins and Royals, you know they have pieces anytime any major league team, but you look at, it, you'll see the name that pops out to you. But then yep, just they can't they just can't fucking pitch. Yeah, they just really can't. That's really what it comes down to is like I believe in the pit. obviously, we talked about the White Sox first, which the recency bias if you're listening is you probably already forgot about how good they are, but like they have five guys that might be the starting closer on the every other team. Yeah, on 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 in this division. Yep, you have five. You have five guys. You could you could take, you could go back to the White Sox. And you could take, Graveman, Hendricks, Kimbrell, Garrett Crochet, and if say Michael Kopech is out of the bullpen again for whatever reason, the any of those guys would probably be the closer on any of these other teams. Yep. So um yeah detroit's got a very very interesting team um i i'm just gonna go with with cleveland for for number two right now but we'll see it will be exciting and like you said there's gonna be that gap and i think the twins and the and the royals kind of they 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 probably play the the annoying antagonizing team yeah. on the back end that wins i wins just, the game and you're like you
0: Yeah, I'm just rooting for the Tigers too, man, because one thing that in in recent baseball history that people have kind of forgotten about and the Twins, excuse me, the Tigers absolutely just blew the opportunity that they had. But people don't really talk about, like if if I was a Tigers fan and I went through a, a half decade where I had Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, certain stints, David Price... Jordan Zimmerman, Miguel Cabrera, Prince Fielder, Victor Martinez, Tori, like, I'm reading off, like, potentially five, six, seven Hall of Famers. And they had all of those guys on the same team for, like, a three- or four-year window, and they didn't even make it to the World Series. So I, my point is, I feel bad for the Tigers. I feel like they've earned this, and they've kind of done it the right way. They've been dog shit for three or four years, Last year, they were a tiny bit better. They got the young talent. They drafted really well with Torkelson and Riley Green. They signed your Javi Baez guy. You know, maybe they compete this year. Probably not with the White Sox, but if they sign Carlos Correa, they sign Carlos Correa. What I would do if I was a Tigers, I would go after Correa hard, and if I got him, I would also go after a big starting pitcher, and I would go after him for like a one- or two-year deal just to see – If we could fuck around and maybe get sneak into the postseason, but yeah, I don't know. I like that. I like that too. And like you said, they they should have some money. So yeah, uh,
1: since nobody on the
0: team's paid. So yeah, so that's that's gonna wrap it up. Final final predictions. We went. I went White Sox, Tigers, Indians, Royals, Twins. Jared, you went White Sox, White Sox, Guardians, Guardians, Tigers, Tigers probably
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna flip i'm gonna flip flop i'm gonna go twins royals just just for the just to the sake of it. it i don't know yeah i don't know i i i think minnesota could hit the long ball still all right fair enough that's that's how i'm set but yeah that's right. it and uh yeah I mean, that's pretty you know, much it i, need to talk I mean about basketball yeah. other than the fact that it's fucking rigged and shitty yeah no it's that
0: it's rigged and shitty. Um, one thing I'll say, I mean, it's uh, February twenty eighth so March Madness. Obviously, like this, this, or it's Monday today. This upcoming week of games, Monday through Sunday or whatever, is the last week of regular season college basketball, and then it goes into conference tournaments, and then it goes into uh, the tournament, the NCAA tournament, which is super cool. So you, exciting for you to know.
1: Yeah, that that
0: is exciting. I like want to know college hoops more than Let the me... NBA, but that's just me.
1: Let me uh, let me tell you the one thing I'm currently hating about the NBA the most.
0: Let me let me finish. What you're hating about? This up. Yeah, so Jared's yeah. A, Jared's a big NBA betting guy, understandably because like, it's I like easy
1: betting to- NBA. I, I really like I like a lot of a lot of player props. Player um, props. I like I like props over actual game outcomes, and I'll tell you why. But I'll tell you how they, they interact with each other.
0: Yeah, because one um, thing I'll say too, Jared is he he likes his props. But it's hard because these fucking players are just, they're soft. I'm sorry. They're just, they're fucking soft. I mean, these guys, well, yeah, go man. ahead. You go no, ahead I'm and your just your just predictions.
1: Here, here, I want to tell your you. Let's see what this comes out to. Let me tell you what the average, um, here's the issue with, with betting in the NBA. Foul trouble. Awful. You can, I mean, you saw Chris Paul get booted out of that game for doing nothing, basically. Guys get,
0: yeah, that guys get ejected. Yeah, you you play,
1: you play, uh, you know, you play, you place a couple prop bets, um, and you place a couple prop bets. The guy gets in foul trouble. Your bet's smoked, and you're and you're just sitting there. You can't even watch the, you know, can't watch the bet anymore. He doesn't come back in. Um, also blowouts are fucking horrendous in the nba they happen like all the fucking and, time dude, dude the the margin of victory is ridiculous and what what happens when the margin of victory is really big they pull starters so prop bets are fucked also who's unless you're picking obviously the right side of whatever spread it is but the thing is it's not always it's not always uh you know the chalk that's covering you know like today pacers magic pacers won by uh magic one by 16 so it's like you get blowouts um, just con just constantly get bluffs and 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 it's dog shit to bet on. You're not, never gonna be gonna get a spread. There's no value on money lines in the NBA ever. It's like minus five sixty for the Bucks if you want to bet the Bucks tonight. Yeah. So I okay, think... so i have for that five hundred and sixty dollars. And Now, if I want to fuck around and bet props, any star player is gonna be through the roof. You know, like DeMar Derozan tonight was. His obviously he's hit over. He's on a ridiculous streak, but his over under is twenty nine and a half. Yep, very easy for a guy to not be able to do that too, you know. So like, that's not always that fun. And here's the the average margin of victory tonight is 18 points. Yeah, and it's like that. That makes it really tough. Makes it really tough to bet.
0: And here, yeah, here's my thing too, Jared. Like, if I'm, because I'm a very casual, very casual uh NBA fan, but I thought the Nets. I think the Nets as a team this year are a microcosm of why the NBA fucking sucks. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm a casual fan, but I knew that coming into this year, the Nets were lined up to be this ridiculous juggernaut monster team with Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Then Kyrie can't play because he's not vaccinated and there's this – rules but he can play in other cities but not in Brooklyn so it's like he's not playing as much and then Harden's playing with Durant and they're not really doing that well then Durant gets hurt so he's not playing then Harden's like alright I'm out I want out of here and then he gets traded and the Nets go from superstar juggernaut first place team to borderline playoff team in like three weeks like, like 18 days they go from literally first in the Eastern Conference to 8th. I that is absurd. And it's nothing more than a lot of the problems they have is injuries, like not I feel like the NBA, correct me if I'm wrong Jared. I feel like the NBA has more bullshit lingering injuries on the most minor body parts than any other league in existence like anthony davis has just not been playing and like i don't know he'll just go for a layup and come down and just like kind of slide and then he kind of limps to the bench and it's like breaking news anthony davis out eight to ten weeks uh left knee left mcl sprain i'm like what what happened Yeah, like how yeah like kevin Durant. i don't know is like these injuries but and then he like ben simmons here's a great example like ben simmons is the microcosm of why I hate the NBA. First of all, he's not hurt. I mean, I guess he is. But he wasn't hurt to start the season on Philly, and he's like, I don't like it here. I don't want to play here. It's like, what? Like, just play. I I don't understand. Like, these guys are just... The 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 egos they're, and the...
1: they're fucking
0: they're you want to talk about like a like a diva ass right? Oh my god,
1: man, the worst. and he's the worst because these guys these guys get paid.
0: They get paid and there's they're only, so egotistical, 10... dude. And then you got, then you got again a guy that's that's like LeBron, is super a great player. He goes to the LA uh to go goes to the Lakers this year. Loads up with Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and so on and so on. Well, the, he's with the Lakers? No, I know that, but this year they add what Russell Westbrook and. There's supposed to be another three-headed juggernaut monster. Doesn't pan out. Anthony Davis gets hurt. Russell Westbrook apparently can't play as well with bigger stars he's, as they thought. He can't he's shoot.
1: Just, he's, just, he's just
0: broken. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you see a video last night two nights ago where, like, the Lakers are playing at home against— My point is they played the Pelicans, like, two nights ago and then lost it by 27 points to the New Orleans Pelicans— Where if you looked at that game on the schedule and before the season started, you'd be like, Lakers win by fifth by twenty, twenty-five points. They lose by twenty-seven, and there's videos coming out of players on the bench, LeBron on the court while the game's happening, just chirping with fans in the first three rows, just chirping them. And I know they're really close to the fans, and there's a lot of there's proximity, and the fans probably said some profanity or some you know, I don't even know. It could have been some racial remarks. I have no, idea. No, I fucking have no clue, but the point is I feel like things in the NBA are so volatile and also so inconsistent and, and, and unpredictable. Maybe that's why some people like it. Maybe that's why some people don't, but I, I, I find it easier to root for a team like the nuggets or a team like the Cavaliers or a team that, you know, just like no drama, but there's so much just drama. Like, like real housewives drama in the nba not like not like oh man like you know this manager pulled me out of the game too early like as a pitcher like ah uh, like no it's like rumors are james harden fucking hates brooklyn and everybody on the team it's like what <laughs> wasn't he just like f- gelling really well with everybody and putting up triple doubles like like a month ago like it's just so Rumors are James James Harden wants out of Brooklyn immediately. It's like, what? Yeah, how that, do you even like how's that allowed? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that team that team was fucking weird. I didn't like that team. I, I really didn't like that team all that much. Um, they just put all the all that stuff. It's really hard for three guys to be like to just
0: win you a championship. Yeah.
1: Just to really be able to play together with all uh, with all those egos. It's like, well, in theory, on paper it works, but it doesn't work really that often but the teams I like like a team I love the bucks the bucks play hard as fuck um yeah Giannis i love Giannis. and he, i feel like he's a super he's a really hard worker as a as a, yes. as a superstar he he's an effort guy he's not like you know he's gonna try harder. He's gonna run the floor. He's gonna. He's. He, See, and that's why I, I do. not mean to call shit on, call him not athletic, which is so stupid.
0: I don't mean to shit on but the he's NBA. Literally one of the best athletes in the world. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean to shit on the entire NBA because guys like Giannis are exceptional stand-up guys, super hard workers, champions in the NBA. Did like his whole family's in the NBA. They came from nothing. Like that. That guy's awesome. I love Giannis. I think Giannis is a. Is it, dude, DeMar DeRozan, same thing. Humble guy, really quiet, bounced around a little bit in the league, ends up in Chicago, tearing it up. Love that kind of stuff. Love those stories. Nikola Jokic comes from fucking Serbia. He's built like a giant baby, but he has eyes in the back of his head, and the Nuggets are winning games with a, a pretty kind of a makeshift roster without, uh, without Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. So it's like... There's stuff to like about the NBA. It's just, you know, we said we wouldn't end up talking about it, and we did, and it's, it's easy to bitch about it. But the playoffs were fun, I guess. It's just, I don't know. It's Again, if you go back to the beginning of the season and you're like, hey, guess what? Would you believe me if I told you on February 28th that the Nets and the Lakers would be an eighth seed? They would be eight seeds, respectively, in the Eastern and Western Conference. You would say, get the fuck out of my face. And maybe that's why the NBA is cool and entertaining. But for the most part, the reason why those teams are there is because of off the court bullshit drama and not because, yes, they've played poorly, but it's all compounding and snowballs and they don't play well for three or four games. And all of a sudden, should LeBron James retire? It's like, no, he put up 18, 12 and 14 and had three bad shooting nights. And they're like, is this? is this Russell Westbrook trade ever going to end up panning out? It's like the Lakers are in like the four seed, like just because they're not. So I don't know. I, I don't love the NBA for that reason, but then again, I could be completely dead ass wrong. So I don't know. We'll see.
1: Yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's it, that's uh, why it was
0: cool to see Giannis yeah. win it last year. You know, it was cool. It's cool to see it. He deserved it. Uh, I also
1: hate, I
0: also hate fouls. That's the last thing i gonna say. Oh my God. And I, that's why, and that's why I, it's fouls. Dude, their fouls are complete
1: completely and totally just biased one because they want stat lines they want players to get their stats they want their numbers um i watched the was, knicks wasn't
0: it the uh w- were you going to talk about the sixers game there's the knicks knicks
1: sixers there was like 80 there was 80 like 85 free throws yeah was harden, harden and, and there MB was times
0: by themselves shot like 48 free throws or something like I mean, it was. Yeah, and and and
1: and if you went and watched it, there was like they were like next guys were doing like like this is fucking ridiculous. Like they'd go up like this, and they're like there'd be no touch, no wouldn't be a touch, and then, like fucking they would shoot the ball, and then,
0: yeah. They, yeah, it was
1: like every I was like I was like that's a bad product, and that's also how to control a game right in plain sight. Yep, hundred percent. I agree. You want to you want to you want to spread? You want a total? Start calling fouls every time someone misses a shot. yeah you want, a total, you want a total to go under because the sportsbook has something no on it? No fouls. Or tell you to, no fouls on a missed shot. Let them play aggressively. Yeah. It's going to be like the fucking 90s. The game will be 91 to fucking 87. Yep. But you want the game to be 121 to 131 because everyone's got on the under, and you put the under at 227.
0: Yeah, then I'm actually curious. You know, what day? Blow what the game, what game was that Saturday when, they, uh, when those two teams played? Sunday. Sunday? Sunday? That was yesterday. Knicks. Yeah. Box. Saturday, here's, here's the box score for this game. Joel Embiid attempted 27 free throws. 20... He, scored,
1: he scored 23 points on free throws. He scored 23 points on free throws. He shot
0: 27 free throws, Jared. The entire Knicks team shot 35 free throws. Joel Embiid by himself shot 27. And the 76ers shot 44 free throws. 44 free throws. 44 free throws and the next shot 35 free throws that is 79 free throws in a game 79 free throws that is a bad product i don't care what you say that is a Verizon bad product is
1: going ultra that's horrible that's, that's it's like, a really bad product
0: like, that's like
1: what am are, what are i what's to say that the average quarter ends at uh, how many shots? how many field goals were taken? Field goals total? There 80, 78. There's 85. 85, there 80, from 85, the, 85 from the Knicks. And, and, and 78, and 78 from the Sixers. So you're calling, you're you're literally. It's
0: you're half the shots. It's, it's on, half, yeah, you're calling, half the shots, pretty much.
1: Well, yeah, you're calling a foul like every, like, because you got to think there's only, there's two free throws per single attempt. So you're, you're calling a uh, foul on every fifth, every fifth shot. Basically, every fourth shot, every fifth shot, yep. somewhere in that range. That's fucking. That's terrible. Yeah, it's, it kills the pace. It's a bad product, but the... it's fun. It's kind of fun to bet because there's nothing else on. So, yeah. Oh. but anyway. All right. Well, let's yeah, let's wrap it up. We've been on for fucking two hours. You know, we said we were going to do hour and, and a half. Yeah, uh, hour but... and a
0: half. Hour and a half podcast. But hey, you know, we got baseball talks here. Quick last update. Not that you guys are going to hear this or anything. Um, but the. Seventh meeting between the MLB and MLBPA started 26 minutes ago and ended 20 minutes ago. So there was a quick six minute um, meeting between them. The significant, per multiple sources, last report, Jared, is that the major topic right now and the major holdup is not the um, luxury tax. It is. The expanded postseason. The players want twelve teams, the owners want fourteen. And this is apparently just like a huge haggling point. So I don't really know, but whatever. Money, I guess. No, no. Also, I just hate having the NBA tabs open. I I mean, excuse me, the ESPN tabs. Hate it, Jared. Because the ESPN goes, Oh, you don't have a tab open? Why don't we just start playing a video with full sound? How's that how's that gonna work for you?
1: this is blast can we just blast an ad and you're like your... I'm like... Hey, like disney you guys can fuck off like you guys own espn you guys charge out the ass for every single thing you do like i get it it's why you're a huge fucking corporation but like yeah like they say that when you could go to pay like a cable bill like espn is what you're paying for anything that's disney is what you're paying for mostly yep and it's like it's like fuck off. Like, why are you just full blasting ads as well? Yeah, just, just sneak in a couple extra pennies because you're the fucking the corporate devil. <laughs> just just roasting Start you. Start know? freaking out. Even no, though but they should, provided... they,
0: they, they can't have they can't have these ads just running in the back. I mean, it's absurd. You can't just have these ads uh, just automatically I... run while I have shit open. Like, you just can't do it. Also, you also you're a, a fucking trillion dollar
1: company. Just figured out. Worth? Yeah. Uh hire some fucking software engineers to make your app <laughs> yeah. you're using yeah. the disney plus app or the espn oh, It's is it's, it's, it's glitchy and it's garbage you're literally one of the top entertainment sources in the fucking entire country yeah and your shit glitches and the videos don't play back and it's hard to fucking navigate and, t- and two clean. sunday
0: and two sundays a year your espn fantasy app just goes down at noon on a sunday twice a year i'm like yeah no whatever we're done we're fucking done we're all pissed off baseball's not we're just bitching now but um hey by the time we record jared there might be a deal so that's cool but anyways we'll see see. thanks for listening guys thanks for tuning in be sure to check us out on our social media channels phenomenal fan podcast we usually go by at phenom fan p-h-e-n-o-m p-h-a-n phenom fan thank you guys for listening We appreciate the support. Be sure to share it with everybody you know. We would greatly appreciate it. Otherwise, hopefully we have some baseball here in the next few days. That would be huge. So get a deal done. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Thanks for listening. Always bet the over. Thanks for listening to the 11th episode of the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Jared, we'll catch you uh, next time.